Access is everything. Hi, everybody. This is Bill Zadites inviting you to become a member of CMG Premium. CMG Premium provides you with an upgraded level of knowledge, research, data, analysis, and much more. With VIP content curated from all of our industry verticals, you'll have more access with CMG Premium. Start your 45-day free trial by visiting autoremarketing.com and click on the green tab labeled Members. That's the green tab labeled Members at autoremarketing.com. Have access to more with CMG Premium. Hello and welcome to the Auto Remarketing Podcast. We're recording this episode on Friday, June 19th, and uh, we're privileged to have a, a great guest with us today from Card Gurus, their economic and, and uh, analytical guru, as it were, uh, George Augustitis. George, thank you so much for, uh, for being on the show. It's good to, uh, good to talk with you again. Yeah, I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for uh, having me bring me out. Absolutely. Well, Brian uh, Kramer from the, the public relations team shared with me a, uh, a, a great video presentation you did just to kind of about the economic impacts of COVID-19 and, and just sort of how it's, it's different than other kind of major economic events of recent years. But walk us through how, how this um, economic and car industry impact from COVID-19 is, is perhaps different than other events like, you know, 9-11, housing crisis, Great recession that have that have occurred in the past twenty or so years. You know the the comparison point I like to draw from is two thousand and eight, right? Because it was the greatest recession since the Great Depression, and when we were living through it, it felt as if everything was happening so fast. You know, Bear Stearns failed in March, and Lehman failed in September, which was kind of the starting point for the rest of financial collapse and then we went to suppliers and OEMs and all these other um, companies declaring bankruptcy or forced acquisitions and it was just month by month week by week we didn't know what was going to happen next everything was kind of happening so quickly but now with COVID we look back and we say wow that that was happening at a snail's pace like COVID essentially shut down the economy in a matter of weeks and it was state by state but and we saw air travel just completely come to a halt we saw restaurant closures fitness clubs and all these small businesses and large businesses alike and we saw vehicle sales were deemed not essential in some states you know it was just such a different cause because essentially the economy shut down and it wasn't a financial driven recession where in 2008 we had unsustainable levels of debt and there was this lack of credit quality in so many of these i think the proper way to say it would be kind of advanced or really specialized asset product products that helped bring down the housing market and when we look back the crisis in 2008 was rooted in financial reasoning this is rooted in a health crisis that was caused by a virus that can lead to death. So it has such a different impact and it has such a different 
impact on supply and demand alike because even with stimulus programs, you know, there's not necessarily things that people can go out and buy. I mean, we are seeing states reopening now, but you know, there's, it's so limited of out ordering online. You can't just go to support your local restaurants if they weren't open at all. And we're seeing, you know, businesses, maybe they reopen, maybe they don't when this is all over. And, and it's just very different of a circumstance that led us to this point. I've also heard fellow auto analysts and economists kind of describe it as it's not just one pandemic in the United States. It's almost like a hundred little different pandemics or not little, but a hundred different kind of pandemics. What the fact that it's, it's so, as you alluded to, it's so different state by state. How has that kind of impacted the, the overall economic impact for like a better word, the fact that it's, it's so spread out and, and different between cities and states? Well, you know, first I, I look at in the month of May, we, we heard positive stories around um, like truck sales, right? The uh, truck sales are still doing well. Like in some states, they were actually flat uh, on the new market. And when you look at it, the truck segment is obviously, you know, the top three selling vehicles in the U.S. are always, you know, virtually the same three vehicles. This last year, they just flipped orders. And well, F-Series is still one with Ram second and Silverado third. But we, we know that certain sectors are dependent on other economic conditions. So we saw that Texas had a lower amount of cases reported. They closed, but they didn't. They also reopened early. Dealer sales were deemed essential. So a lot of dealers were able to stay open. And there's an area that didn't have as early of an impact as, say, areas in like Michigan and New York, where both states deemed vehicle sales non-essential. We saw, you know, New York obviously felt like it was the epicenter for such a very long time, but obviously Michigan, specifically Southeast Michigan, had a lot of cases and a high death rate, uh, specifically in the Detroit area. And so these are impacting states differently. And then when we look at some of the sectors that really took a hit in the states, so state like Michigan, which saw plant closures and um, furlough, whether it was of production staff uh, from suppliers or OEMs or furloughing just white collar workers, we saw a higher unemployment rate. I think Michigan was the, uh, through the May jobs report, the state was, I think, eighth or seventh in terms of its unemployment rate. So you know, that also impacted is, you know, depending on how big of furloughs and plant closures and all these types of things that impacted your state, those states got hit a little bit harder. And continuing to, to look at the, uh, the automotive impacts of, of this virus, where have you seen some of the bigger impacts in terms of the used car market, just in general? I mean, how has this thing affected the, the used car market? And that, you know, that's what's so, it's, it's fascinating from my point of view, because I look at data and I look at economic trends. And so, but it's really been probably topsy-turvy for dealers, because essentially, we've seen constant changing supply and demand curves in the used market as, as well as the new market. You know, obviously, they're so intertwined, especially during periods of recession. But what we've seen is 
in March and April, we saw jobless claims spike. We saw consumer confidence fall. And we saw consumers were actually nervous. If you had your job, maybe you're waiting. If your company hadn't declared or furloughed people or did a staff cut, people were probably nervous if they were going to be next in line to be either placed on furlough, a pay cut, or let go. And think this led consumers to stay on the sideline. Either they were nervous about going out, they were nervous about if they're still going to be employed, and or they were just maybe not able to buy a car because their dealer wasn't open. And this really impacted the demand curve in March and April. But then as May rolled around and we saw the stimulus checks really getting to most Americans, we saw dealers reopening, states reopening, and confidence starting to upturn a little. And consumers who were on the sidelines in March and April came back. And then all of a sudden in May, we saw that demand curve essentially come back up. Now, because of pent-up demand, because of stimulus checks may have boosted it a little, absolutely. And we're seeing some positive indicators through early June. So the demand curve has essentially went from incredibly low to incredibly high in the period of four months, where the supply curve headed into this uh, in March and April, we saw dealers, right, with vehicles on their lots piling up because consumers weren't coming and consumers were just there, you know, staying on the sidelines. Dealers who were deemed not essential had just inventory sitting on their lots. And no one was really worried about getting inventory at the auction or thinking about in two months, if new vehicle production doesn't start up again, we're worried because we're going to see fewer new vehicles on the lots. Now we shift forward after May and we're seeing inventory acquisition on the use side is incredibly difficult. Consumers or, or dealers are indicating that they're having trouble finding vehicles. And we see the stories from, you know, auto remarketing that the dealer or the auctions are still not running supply anywhere near where they need to. And the, most of the auction companies still have a lot of people furloughed and they're not conditioning cars and cars are still sitting in parking lots. So we know as demand went from low to high, the supply at one, you know, when the demand curve was low, supply was high. Now we see demand coming up, but there's no replenishment of, of supply. And now we're seeing the supply issues. So now we're seeing wholesale prices start to trend up again. And this is all now leading to a bigger impact because as new vehicle supply also starts to dwindle, consumers are starting to look at the used market because any, you know, a lot of dealerships are going to flip people. If you come in looking for a new RAV4, which I think has a 32 or 37 day supply at the end of May, they're going to try to get you into a CPO RAV4 if they don't have the inventory. So now we're going to see a lack of, we're seeing these most recent uh, used vehicles, CPO two to three years old, a lack of supply there, all of a sudden the auction lanes aren't reopening and dealers who really are dependent on trade-ins uh, to replenish their vehicle supply, the auction lanes, and they're dependent you know, on lease turn-ins. We're seeing lease extensions as well. So it's kind of like this perfect storm of these things that are changing so fast week to week. And dealers went from not really concerned about inventory to very concerned about inventory in the period of three to four weeks. And so that, I mean, that kind of leads me to my next question. Does that push the recovery and used car prices to be a, to go at a faster clip than maybe the, the recovery in sales? 
Yes, in the short term. I, I, I keep seeing the charts that people are putting up showing the um, increase in wholesale prices. And every time I see it, I just, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like that eventually ha is going to come back down. Because we, we know there's a lot of supply. We know there's um, off-lease vehicles that are being extended that will come back to the lots. We know the Hertz bankruptcy. I think everyone's wa watching this now because now with the SEC investigating that additional sale of stock and them not doing that anymore and now looking for a bankruptcy loan, I think everyone's waiting to see if they actually, how much of their fleet they offload on the markets. I know they're selling at discounts on their site, but that could have an impact if a lot of these cars hit at the same time. So we should see the wholesale prices actually come back down again um, once the auction lanes and kind of fully reopen and the supply come back to normal. And that could allow a greater lift on the used car side in terms of sales. You know, um, the longer we're in this recession, the higher jobless claims are, the more people are nervous about their employment status or their, you know, if I'm going to get a bonus, if I'm going to get a salary raise and all these things, they may sit out a cycle if they're traditional new car buyers and sit out a cycle on the new side and go to the U side for, you know, one ownership period. Generally, these would be finance people, not lease people, because, you know, lease consumers are very price driven on their new vehicle payment. but you know, this is where we start to seeing trade-offs and we see a little bit of kind of strength in the base of the used vehicle market. So based on, based on what you mentioned, just in terms of supply and, you know, consumers being able to get a, a near new vehicle for cheaper price and, you know, more plentiful supply out there of, of those cars, looking at it, the used car retail market as a whole, do you see a, a stronger recovery in sales for the, later model vehicles than, you know, older used cars? Part, yes, partly because of the supply. I think, you know, depending on how old you're uh, picturing your older used cars, you know, we know that vehicles that were produced between 2000 and model year 2008 through about 2010 are really limited in the market because that's when we were in the last recession and production numbers were incredibly low. So between longer ownership lengths, scrappage, and just the low production numbers, uh, vehicles that are roughly 10, 11 years old are very limited just in supply because they don't exist. There'll just be more uh, recent, you know, two, three-year-old vehicles that are going to be returning. Um, and depending on how the auctions handle all these vehicles that are sitting uh, parked across the country, we could see prices come down quickly, which could help boost the used market a little. My big concern on recovery though right now is the, um, the credit conditions. So according to the senior loan officer survey that from the Fed Reserve of New York, we saw credit conditions um, or credit requirements, sorry, credit requirement standards increased in this last quarter. And as and even we we put out a poll to our dealers uh, on the Guru board, asking them if they've seen changes, if they've seen more difficulty getting consumers financed in, in a month over month comparing April to May, we saw an increase in dealers saying, yes, I'm having more difficulty getting consumers financed. 
So this is something that could impact to the recovery of the uh, used market as well as the new. Um, I know Experian, I think yesterday or the day before, put out their uh, Q1 2020 state of the finance market. And in that report, it showed that 38.9% of used vehicles were financed and 84.2% of new vehicles were financed. So right now, you know, stimulus checks, pent up demand are kind of those tailwinds that are going to keep us in a, you know, maybe only down 20 or 30%, but credit conditions and the availability of credit are obviously going to have an impact on the market as well. Along those lines, the availability challenges, is it odd that they're coming at a time when automakers have just done, you know, a whole lot of zero for 84 financing and just had a lot of kind of just really open, you know, great deals. Is it, is it odd that now that now the financing is so tight? Uh, you know, I would say it's not odd because it's pretty, this is kind of what we normally see during recessions. You know, banks start to get a little nervous when jobless claims go up, especially right now, the big question mark is around the payment deferrals, you know, with so many captive finance banks, lenders offering you know, 90 day, 120 day payment deferral. When that ends, will we see a, up, a large uptick or small uptick in terms of repossessions? So that could also tighten credit a little more. So, I mean, I think banks are just being a little more risk averse as they're, everyone's trying to see what a recovery curve looks like, how long are we impacted by this? And if there's a second uptick in kind of COVID cases that could lead to a longer term, um, higher number of, on, or a higher unemployment rate in the long term. So I think it's pretty normal for a recession to see credit conditions tighten, um, which would impact more recent or gently used vehicles. So the two to three year old vehicles are normally uh, used vehicles, even though 30, only 38.9% of used vehicles in Q1 of 2020 were financed, the vehicles that were more likely to be financed are the vehicles that are two and three years old, because they're still higher higher costs, and you know it's less likely to be a cash deal. So we're gonna so those recently or gently used vehicles could also be impacted by the credit conditions tightening. So before I let you go here, um, you know you, you mentioned you know some of the credit tightness. Um, some of the affordability supply issues is there as we kind of move into the summer months here and, and the second half of 2020 I feel like there's already been like three halves of this year but um, what are what else is, is on your radar in terms of uh, the used car market specifically I want to see when, when we get more and more months worth of data I want to see if there's how consumers are reacting to what they're buying you know we we know that the new vehicle market has continued to shift further and further towards the truck um, or pickup truck slash SUV CUV segment and moving further and further away from sedans so we know that the off-lease vehicles coming back are now over 50 percent are on that you know pickup truck and SUV, CUV category. So I want to see as consumer, normally during recession periods, consumers start looking at more affordable vehicles. So we normally, we traditionally would see a shift over to small cars, more fuel efficient, but as M miles per gallon improved, as some of these small SUVs have become even more affordable and the price delta between 
SUVs and sedans closed more and more and the product offerings got better and better in the SUV market. Uh, I just want to see if consumers are going to continue to move away even on the U side away from uh, SUVs and CUVs. And if that just kind of follows the trend of the overall industry, or if we kind of see price conscious consumers look for the most affordable vehicle, the best, the most fuel efficient vehicle uh, as we are in the midst of the recession. George, we will, we will leave it at that for today. Thank you so much for, uh, for the time and uh, it's always good talking with you. Thank you, yeah, thank you very much, I enjoyed it. That's gonna do it for today's episode of the Auto Marketing Podcast. My thanks to George Augustitis. I'm Joe Overby and thanks for listening. Access is everything. Hi, everybody. This is Bill Zadites inviting you to become a member of CMG Premium. CMG Premium provides you with an upgraded level of knowledge, research, data, analysis, and much more. With VIP content curated from all of our industry verticals, you'll have more access with CMG Premium. Start your 45-day free trial by visiting autoremarketing.com and click on the green tab labeled Members. That's the green tab labeled Members at autoremarketing.com. Have access to more with CMG Premium.